Hey everyone, this is episode 5 of Energy Conscious, and I have a pretty interesting topic for today. Uh, we're going to talk about timing. We got that beautiful music in the background again here in Central Park. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about how. So, it's interesting. Choosing this topic, um, it connected it back to timing for me because it was like, what should I talk about, right? And I'm looking at some of the things that have interested me most that I've explored and recently, like the last week or two. And, and so it seemed like because I've explored those things recently, it's like the universe is telling me like, this is appropriate to deliver now. Um, and like the practical benefits or effects of delivering the, this information about angles and basically what I'm saying is like looking at things from a certain perspective which is how I ended the last episode I was talking about if you look at this from a certain perspective you'll appreciate it more or you'll see the beauty in it um, and it, it just seems like this is the right time to talk about perspective and I'll talk more about timing in, in a more general sense, not just like when, when I should, um, when it would be optimal to do a podcast episode about something or write about a certain topic. Um, so we kind of have two topics today. I guess we'll, we'll see where it blends and see what stew we can make from it. Um, so, first of all, on the topic of perspective. I think that, you know, I was just reading something from Emerson, and he was saying, Ralph Waldo Emerson, he was a, um, oh my god, what was he, an 18th 19th century philosopher, I believe. Um, forgive me on this this lack of knowledge, unless it, well, it is correct. 19th century philosopher, I believe, uh, or 18th century, who, God, he had such a mind. Like he, I believe he was very tuned into the universe uh, in a way that was very profound. He was, um, he was beyond just having a spiritual um, affirmation. Like he, he, he was speaking like from intuition and he was very poetic. And so he brings in this contrast between different ideas uh, that really stirred me. It really, it really um, made me. It moved me. And and like I said in a recent episode, I believe it was the last episode. 
if something really moves you, it's an expression on the soul level that's reaching you or touching you. And so I think he was very soulful. And, but he just goes beyond. He talks about nature and how, um, well, this is what I was getting to when I thought of this, talk, uh, when I thought of mentioning Emerson. He, he talks about how in nature, everything and not just in like when you think of nature like maybe I'm in Central Park I mean like nature like like the world like the environment the external environment that you exist in just like even this like everything has a, a symbolic meaning um, ingrained in it somehow um, what did he say like it's basically it runs like this like turtles are like a reflection of, of um, well, what do you think of turtles? When, when you think of turtles, you think of like a shell and like um, protection, protecting yourself and um, moving slowly but thoughtfully perhaps. Um, maybe wisdom. Um, I, when I think of owls, I think of wisdom. When I think of cats, I think of intelligence and grace. When I think of dogs, I think of uh, joy and um, giving. Um, and playfulness. Um, when I think of squirrels, to give another example, I think of, well, just thinking now, like, what, what do they do? They, they have nuts and they find them and bury them, it's like the safe keeper. It's like, it's like um, valuing, protecting your resources. I don't know, like you, you can make these um, connections and, and basically what Emerson is saying is that the, these external things, mm. like I, I was just talking a lot about animals, you can talk about um, the sky, like it represents the vastness of life, um, the, the above, the, the next, the next, the beyond, when you think of clouds, I don't know, something soft, and but they make shapes too, it's like art, it's like, a natural reflection of, of the beauty in life. And I guess that beauty is... This is a hard topic. This is a hard topic because it's very controversial and, and not well received. And in Emerson's time, it was not well received. Um, by, well, at least by many people. He was uh, seen as someone who was just speaking nonsense. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it makes sense why people don't travel along these types of um, thoughts, thought pathways. They don't... Um, like when you're in flow, um, when you're in a state of flow, you're traveling along these thought pathways. Flow is like 
when things become easier and seem like problems become easier to solve, you're, you're in your personal rhythm and you're just moving forward with action often, but you can do it with, um, with thoughts and emotion. When you're with a partner who you love and you're just in flow with them, you're in union. That connection comes there. And, and flow connects you to yourself. Because it's like finding finding a rhythm. And I mean, there's rhythms that are destructive. But what I'm talking about is a flow of, of knowledge, a flow of thoughtfulness, um, which taps you into your intuition and taps you into yourself uh, and this is what I'm trying to do with, this, with speaking here that's what I've been trying to do this, this past few weeks with these podcast episodes is get into that intuitive state of flow and, and Emerson delivered through this 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 um, this methodology of getting into flow and getting into his personal rhythm and just, it's very poetic. It's, it's, you know why? Because it, it allows, it allows thoughts to connect naturally. Um, it allows meaningful things to correlate to the next, to the next, to the next. It's like a logical conversation, but more of a poetic conversation because in a in, you're speaking to someone casually there's a meaning behind every sentence often it's to connect to the last sentence or to you know make you make you feel better or make you feel closer to them or to make them like you or whatever make them like you more um, to express how you're feeling to And with this, with this rhythmic flow that Emerson and I um, well, I think that I think that Emerson use this rhythmic flow because well I can see okay I can I was I was like how is he really doing this I can see it in his writing the thoughts are are very connected and they flow like a rhythm so I can see it I can validate that he's, he is indeed doing this and it's just it's how he gets to these deeper images these deeper pieces of knowledge that seem ridiculous to some because to many um, almost all people in fact which is why you need an open mind to be able to navigate these sorts of realms of new ideas where you're like willing to actually be receptive to them 
and then like judge for yourself. Wow, like does that make sense? Is that worth considering? But this is what I was talking, this is what I wanted to get into was perspective. Always. Because when you're in a personal rhythm and you're getting to these deeper levels of conversation that are not a common commodity, um, you're coming from a certain angle. It's like a certain angle on life, a take on life. And that, that perspective is, well, if it's coming from a flow of, of intuition, a flow of knowledge that's coming from within, it's connected to something, it may be connected to something divine. And so, like, that's a message that wants to be expressed. That's a, something valuable because it can, it can, it can change the, it can change your perspective. And it's important that we change our perspectives because we have very destructive patterns ingrained into us. And we can see that in the reflection of the lack of true happiness in our lives. And I've felt true happiness in my life uh, in the way I'm defining it. I'm defining it as a certain level of joy. I've felt it like a few times. Like I've been connected back to this like grandeur in my life more than a few times. But the feeling that joy itself probably 10 or times or less, something like that. And I guess that's just a reflection of the state of the world. The, the environment which so strongly impacts us. And I'm just being honest with myself about that. I'm not a uncommon case. I think this is 99.98% of the human race is in the same predicament of not being connected to that true happiness. Um, and I guess the other point of the 2% is really delving into their purpose. Um, very completely. But I think we need to readjust how we look at ourselves and our community 
order to get back to that happiness, that true happiness, or to get to it, to get back to it. Either way. Because... Um, well, something that we're missing is... perspective <laughs> to uh, sort out all of these mm, confusing details about what's going wrong in our lives in the world and mm, what we really need to do to correct it. I think we all need to take another look at that. And I guess the perspective I want to share with you is something that is not of the ordinary. It's not necessarily going to be well received. it out of a mm, some of it is selfish I give it out of wanting to get things off my chest to move my inner conversation forward to I can get to the next understandings that would help me to produce more new knowledge. But I also have this very caring side of me that of someone who, who would carry out a massacre.
it's it's a result of a society that doesn't nurture all of its own. Beginning to take a step beyond the first line of defense. If you're a liberal, you, your first line of defense that I see is we need to handle the gun situation. And then for Republicans, it's from what I see to, what is it now, handle mental health? Is that the direction they went? Well, I think the mental health is closer to the, is that closer to the, the core of the problem? <laughs> Complexity doesn't doesn't resonate well with so many people because it, it's just confusing. <laughs> I mean, they're both important parts of the solution because of varying reasons. But I would just like to take a step beyond these things and more at how we aren't taught how to care for our, like ourselves and for each other. <laughs> like when we created communities uh, like in the hmm, I guess I gotta get my my details fixed the neal I was just gonna generally say the neolithic area the paleolithic era these times of Nomadic traveling. And then we finally got into agricultural societies. We valued cooperation in part because it allowed us to handle the needs of the day. If we needed food, we needed, you know, people to hunt, we needed people to gather berries and people to nurture the children, um, people to protect the tribe. And, you know, there weren't that many variables. 
like I just listed four or five. Those are like some major things. Like you don't need construction workers to. Well, you needed some of that. You start basically what I'm trying to say is you started to need more and more, um, like specialties. You needed, you know, as we had to store grain, then we needed someone to build the storehouse for that, and the, someone was developing, I guess, technology to to keep up with the increased food supply and. Um, I'd like to give more examples here. I'm like, knowledgeable enough and what was needed in those times. We can jump, we can jump to like times of war, time in the, uh, in like the dark ages. And I think, let's think about Rome itself. You needed people, there were so many different we had gladiators, then we had um, we had scientists, we had philosophers, we had uh, and now in the present day we have people who do banking, we have people who do economics, people who do all sorts of stuff, Uber drivers, it's becoming even more and more complex just in the last few years. And I think it gets harder to organize our society accordingly. I, what I, the point I want to speak to is this complexity factor. I think it's becoming more confusing as to what we really need uh, to serve ourselves collectively. And I think that this complexity factor is a part of why things are so confusing. You didn't used to have agencies propagating their products online, on the internet, on the television, on you know poster boards, wherever you go, you're just filled with ads. That stuff is swirling around in your subconscious. Changing the decisions you make. At least some of them. And a lot of that is not healthy stuff. Not because they're in, in a sense, the angle I take is that invading your private mind and taking away that desire to know yourself and replacing it with a desire to please yourself in the moment, in the short term. Um, we get addicted to these products, to the, the energy of addiction. We get addicted, we, we start to, to flow along these paths of, of doing the same thing because it makes us feel good in the short term. It makes us feel good buying, buying, buying. Um, and then this thoughtfulness is not in, incorporated into this deeper thoughtfulness, this concern for our the well-being of our spirit, 
know, incorporated into these selections of products. And just looking at the economic side of things. ideologies to protect ourselves in the face of greed of others economically how we protect ourselves economically in the face of greed of others we tune ourselves to to optimize our how we make money we certain factors to it. One of those things is to help ourselves in a fulfilling way that's fun and exciting. It doesn't have to be that right from the start day one, but that's what you want to get at least. At a deeper level. Now, something else we want to do is to contribute to others, to humanity, I have to sit on that. <laughs> I'm not sure. But it what we collectively need in order to 
have a society that functions. Yes, I did. Not too I'm structured. Not too structured, Luke. Yes. Something that's sustainable. Something that can continue on and on and on and on and keep working and keep working and not end in a tragedy on the scale of global civilization. So to get to that sustainability, which is terrifying, what we're building towards is not just that, but it, I mean that's one of the possibilities. The other one is, I mean, oh my God, pizza. A lot of people don't even think of having this sort of vision, but I think it's really important to have a vision in front of you, and the vision that I've heard that was very intriguing to me, which I, it's got to be one of the more popular ones of the visions for the future, is one of technological revolution, technological, um, what is it, Techno like a technological, uh, you know, this beautiful society that, that's fixed by technology. Very intriguing, and I like, I like, I like it for multiple reasons. Even though I, I don't think that it's comprehensive enough to be a solution that's sustainable. For one thing, this vision this vision is a vision, which I like. <laughs> um, it's at least something that makes you wonder and, and be excited about life and where we're going collectively. And isn't just sad and depressing. And it's like something practical and something logical, something that could actually happen if you And we're all sure it's going to happen. Technology is getting increasingly advanced. So it's like there's hope, you know, that comes from that vision. It's a springboard for hope. And it also gets the technological enthusiasts more passionate about their work, about themselves, their contribution, and it gets them more passionate about where we're going. And that passion drives us towards greater expression, towards greater realizations of what we're capable of, and actual practical putting into use some of those. I mean, imagine medical breakthroughs that could happen just because people were influenced by their vision of creating a safer, and then we wouldn't need as much suffering we wouldn't have as much suffering we wouldn't need 
Although the real solution is to, you know, part of the solution is learning how to eat. essential brain of nutrition. It's your nutritional brain. It tells your body where to send all these different nutrients, which empower your white blood cells. They empower these, these forces that, that stabilize and harmonize your cells and organs. Working out is not as important as eating. Working out is not as important as eating. Like, you, if you choose one, the food, food, 
I want to get back to that vision Having a vision I encourage you to do an exercise where you sit down and think about what your your ideal vision is for your future. And the key is to go beyond your expectations. It's not to just satisfy this need of yours to have a family or to like yes that may be very Please. 
yeah, we'll leave it there. Thanks for tuning in. Hope it was interesting. I hope to start a conversation eventually with some of you about anything, I guess. Um, if you have thoughts about what I've said, comments you want to express to me, experiences you want to have that you feel like sharing, there should be a comment section. Um, I'll figure this out soon. Um, I believe this will be in iTunes. Um, but yeah, my vision is, my goal is to have a conversation with my audience. Because mm. that's very important to me. create a community that cares for each other and is thoughtful and is thinking is, is thinking and considering things considering different variables and reevaluating their decisions, people with dreams who are willing to take steps to, to, to manifest those dreams in reality. Um, so yeah, I look forward to connecting. See you next time.